I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, everybody. Uh, Jeremy here, along with Taylor and Brian. Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, This week, we would love to present to you our very first live show that we recorded at Neptune Theater here in Halifax. But not only did we record a live show, we also are taking a little bit of a unique approach to the podcast. We sure Yeah, are. something a little different this week with some uh, kind of a day in the life of Sick Boy leading up to the live show. So sit back, relax, and come along for the ride. Enjoy. It is currently... Uh, 2.30, and the show is at 7. How much time does that give us? We got like five hours. Well, no, four and a half hours away. And uh, we were kind of talking about this earlier. I'm, I, the boys aren't really, which I'm glad, but I am super n- nervous. I, I would say nervous Jared, is the Jared, word. Are you nervous because we're not nervous? No. Okay. No, no. Dude, I and but I've always I've always been like this, like li- like yeah, when it comes to guy. when it comes to acting or anything anything like that. I've always been like this. But I was thinking about it. This is the first time ever 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 done anything on the stage without rehearsal. So that's kind of like tripping me out. I did improv back in the day, but like I don't know. I feel like this is different. You know, I've got a lot of like pent up energy right now. I really want to go get a growler so we can just like have a beer. And uh, but I'm the only one who wants wants to go. I'm the only one who wants to go immediately. You guys are in the middle of fifa. Yeah, I feel like it's just ther- it, like it's just therapy. Like my mind's on this now. My mind's on beating Brian. I can't really think of anything but winning right now. All about winning. To set the scene here, uh, we're at Taylor's apartment at this time, uh, downtown Halifax, and the show is is just hours away, and I'm feeling a little bit antsy, to say and, the least. And you got to, Jerry, you arrived at the apartment about 10 minutes earlier, and the first thing you said to Taylor and I was, boys, no FIFA. <laughs> that and the exactly- first thing we did... Was turn on the PS4. That was the first. Well, thing that's that what happened. that's what that's what relaxes Brian and I and takes our minds off things. You guys like to chill with Thief. I like to drink. <laughs> oh God! Remember when we first started doing this? Like we, th- I mean, obviously we think the three of us are funny. Like I think you guys are funny. You guys think I'm funny. Like we make each other laugh, right? And so when we made this fucking podcast, we were making each other laugh. But it was a it was kind of a shock. To find out that other people found what we found funny, funny. Yeah. Right? And so... You're nervous that we won't make... Well, this is the thing, right? When we record the podcast, we don't have any real-time feedback. We just hear people say that after the show comes out, right? And we hear people like, whatever, they email us or whatever. But now we're going to be in front of a live audience and... I'm excited to to see what kind of energy we get back from them, but I'm also kind of like, 
oh fuck what if they don't laugh <laughs> like what, what i there is actually something that i am nervous about and it's the fact that we haven't or i haven't met michaela yet um usually like usually we will find out who's going to be on the show and if we haven't met them before then we'll grab some beers at henry house with them and but that process has evolved and changed like, it has like, evolved and changed but i still don't know I, I don't know what her vibe's all about yet and i'm excited to get to meet her because we are going to sit down with her in in a couple hours so we will get to know a little bit more but i'm just wondering is she going to be the perfect ideal guest for today yeah because we uh this is something that we had a guest lined up and you know we and were I felt really good about i felt really good yeah about we were super confident about an interesting contrast because we knew we know her very well and then we found out last minute that it just wasn't going to work out Called me and said we have a problem. <laughs> yes, I did. So this is the problem. Uh, so we need a new guest. We need a new guest for Friday. So that was four days out. Uh, we made a call to Bry to let him know that our our original guest fell through. We got a new one, but we haven't met her yet. And maybe that's why I was feeling a little bit nervous. Hello, it's the pizza guy. Uh, sweet. We uh, are you? Are you just out front? Okay, cool. We will run down right now and grab those from you. So we go down to grab the pizzas, and we thought it would be worthwhile to ask the pizza guy for some advice. (laughs) Solid pizza man advice. And he turned out to have some acting experience of his own. No, man, ain't nothing to be nervous about, man. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Have fun, man. Put yourself out there. That's right. Lots of fun. You guys have great Great advice. Thanks for the pizza. Thanks, dude. All right, I don't feel nervous now. Okay, so thank fuck that pizza guy was there to chill me out. Not only did he chill me out in saying saying what he said, but there's nothing to be nervous about because he had a point there. But also, he brought us some tasty pizza and we were finally able to go get those those growlers. Which really calmed everybody down. It calmed everybody down. Now, at this point, we go back to Taylor's and we're waiting to finally meet Michaela. I do. I connected with all exciting things in my life. Hi, Michaela. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm great. How are you? Good, thanks. A little change of plans, if you're okay with it. Um, would, uh, change would, of plans? I'm sure I can work with it. Yeah, yeah. Would you, uh, would you be up for meeting us at Taylor's instead of uh, Henry House? Yeah, absolutely. We're a couple hours from the show, um, and Michaela's going to be here any minute. Michaela's our guest tonight. We haven't figured out what we're going to say for the intro of the show. But I'm not too worried. Also, I think we should point out that we've all just been sitting here for the last like 10 or 15, maybe even 20 minutes. Just chilling out. Just chilling out, but not even thinking about it. No. Maybe we should think about it. Maybe. But this is the other thing, is that we never plan anything, but I do agree that for tonight we should plan this to some degree. And we had no time to plan anything because Michaela just showed up. Hi, Michaela. Hello. Come on in. Are you nervous? Uh, like a little bit, but I think it's, it's a good nervous. It's like, it's yeah. not a scary nervous. I'm good. excited. Yeah. I'm ready. That's exactly how That's I'm how we're feeling too. We're like, yeah, we're nervous, but yeah. in a good So we're just leaving Taylor's place now. We're going to pick up some Red Bulls and head over to the theater. Uh, what time is it now, guys? 
it is 5.15, we're heading over, we gotta do a sound check and everything like that for a bit. Gotta get Red Bulls, gotta get Red Bulls. We were hoping to be over there a little bit, well, we were hoping to be over there right now, but we had a few beers and we're just relaxing and... No, no, I said we were leaving at 5.15. It's 5.20. Let's fucking get moving. Can I chime in here? What is with the Red Bulls? Well, yeah, what is with the Red Bulls? I think that that Jeremy has some type of uh, placebo effect where he thinks that his body will automatically shut down if he doesn't have a Red Bull. Fast forward, we finally make it to the theater, uh, and it's it's all starting to get really real. And at this point, we're thinking anything could go wrong. Uh, so earlier we were talking about, or earlier I mentioned that I was nervous that we didn't get a chance to meet Michaela yet. Uh, now that we've met her, and now that we're here at the theater, um, I'm feeling I'm feeling really good about this. I think yeah. that she's going to be awesome. She seems really open. She seems legit. Really like. Yeah. Well, she's really down to earth. She's yeah. very laid back. She seems really excited to talk about the stuff that she's gone through. So, I mean, that's like, that's it. That's the that's the foundation for what we need. Uh, we are uh, running into some, like, very minimal technical difficulties. But it's making my heart race. Either that or the Red Bull is making my heart race. Uh, the house, um, the house was supposed to open. And what that means is the, the doors are supposed to open for people to come in and take a seat, uh, now, right now, like literally 6.30. But we're holding the house. We're going to hold the house for five minutes. And hopefully, uh, we can get this figured out. If we don't, essentially, we're just going to have to project so that the whole audience can hear us. And you guys at home listening right now can also hear us. That might be better. It might be... It might be. Yeah, it might, it might end up being better. I don't know. Check, 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 check. One, two, one, two, one, two. Check, 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 check. Check your mother. Oh, oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Yo, how's that sound? How does this sound? Yo, I think we did it. I think we did it. So we finally get things set up. We're standing backstage. The stage manager gives us a five-minute warning. We're nervous as fuck. I suggested we make out for a couple minutes. Uh, That got turned down very quickly. And that was our day. Everything seemed to go off without a hitch. We're about to go out there and kick off our first live show. The audience is excited. We're stoked to get out there. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. Today's guest is Michaela Peters. She has generalized anxiety and depression. Let's talk about it. Hi, everybody. Yeah, please take those house lights down. I don't want to see any of their faces. That feels so much better. Oh, God, that's better. Um, Thank you all so much for coming out here. Uh, This is... This is crazy. Um, uh, like Karen said, our very first live show. Uh, so I think I have to I have to say right up front, uh, thank you so much for Keep Good Company, uh, the theater company that invited us out here to do this today. Uh, thank you so much to Neptune Theater for putting up this like insanely beautiful space. Yeah. Um, and another huge thank you to to. Everyone who's sitting here right now, even if you've never heard of our podcast before, and if you haven't heard our podcast before, (laughs) I'm sorry if the language offends you, but um, if you have heard of our podcast and if you have been kind of with us on this journey since the beginning, uh, a lot of you are are the reason why we're here. And um, 
I can't, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, this is, this is a, a dream come true, honestly. And uh, so thank you all so much for, for making that, making that happen. Yeah. I, got, I got to say this. You guys made my children's wish dream come true. Yeah. I fucked it up the first time, and now, now we're making up for it. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, when we uh, when we this was born of three guys being total goofballs again, like Jeremy said, anybody who doesn't know, we're Slick Boy Podcast. We started this in the summer, and we were just uh, we were just fucking around in the studio uh, at the Halifax Library, provided a free space, and uh, we went in there and recorded, and we were blown away with what we managed to accomplish as three people just stumbling through recording gear and everything. And uh, we came out on the other end with something pretty cool. So, uh, and we're just thankful that all of you guys uh, think all on the same lines and that you're sitting in your seats right now. So thank you guys for being here. And if you guys are wondering what the podcast is about, uh, we talk to people who are living with illnesses, living with diseases. Um, We've talked to many different people in the past few months uh, Jeremy lives with cystic fibrosis. No, yeah, that, that, that ties to the children's wish joke. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but he didn't, he didn't explain enough. <laughs> I, you, know, you know, we don't really have enough time for this, so we're just going to get straight to it. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. If you want to follow those and find out more about those, you can head over to Facebook, follow Sick Boy Podcast. We're on Twitter. You can check out our website, sickboypodcast.com. And uh, check us out on iTunes, Sick Boy Podcast. So I think, uh, I think that's a good place to tie into why we are here today and what the conversation is today. Like I said before, today's guest is Michaela. Hello, Michaela. Hi. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. So uh, I, when you applied to be on the show, mm-hmm. you, you dropped three things. <laughs> Uh, in point form, I did what those three things were. So why don't you uh, label those off for everybody who's sitting out here? Yeah, absolutely. So when I when I pl- applied to the show, I uh, made a point form list. I, I actually think I wrote kind of like in a stream of consciousness style, and I was like, "How do I do this? Maybe this will do." Point form. Here we go. <laughs> I said uh, first, uh, sorry, child uh, child gratification disorder, generalized anxiety, and clinical depression. Okay, so. I think, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking for maybe like 150 people right now. Uh, mostly everybody knows what generalized anxiety disorder is, or people know about the feeling of anxiety. Exactly. I feel anxiety like every right now. Day. Yeah. Right, right now. now. Yeah. Like Pretty every right second. <laughs> maybe not as bad as Michaela's felt it, but sure. Well, we'll talk uh, about it. We'll, we'll talk about, about it. it. Uh, and most people know what depression is. Yes. Uh, Okay, so what is child gratification disorder? Because I, I've, uh, I have a lot of anxiety about talking about that in front of a bunch of people. But I'm so excited that you do, because like, the look on your face just kind of gives me like, oh, I just want to tell everybody, like, just laugh at it. It's exactly what you think it is. You were, you were a, a, a chronic diddler. Can we can we just like speak frankly here? Yes. Like, am I allowed to just like oh, really yes. burst like out loud? Love of God. It's it fucking out. hilarious. It's exactly what you think it is. I was a chronic masturbator as a child. Okay. No, and I, like it's exactly what it was. Just There's happened. no that's use it. in hiding it. I okay. mean, it's what happened. Now, round of applause. How many people knew that was a thing? 
Oh, that's shit. That's what I thought. Wait, you know what's well, funny is that... Uh, do you guys suffer from... <laughs> Hold on. How do you... Why do you know that? Jer- I don't think there are many children Jeremy here, suffers Jerry. from adult gratification syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Not far from the truth. <laughs> uh, Kayla, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, why don't you tell us about... Um, I mean, obviously, so this is something that was that you were dealing with when you were a child. Yeah, very, very young. Like how young? Um, so I would say from the ages of like two to three to probably like six or seven. Holy fuck! Yeah, Whoa, it was that's a very so long long time, basically very young. your first memory is of masturbating. You got it. You got it in the bag. What For was real? it? What? <laughs> One of your first memories is. I don't know my first memory. Do you know your first memory? I don't. That's true. Yeah. Can you so, tell us about like the chronological, like when was the first, what was yeah, the first actually, memory of this? Yeah, actually that's what I was just going to ask, like can I tell you the chronological yeah, story? Yeah, please, please, please. please. So, um, so I'll tell you like how it developed first because a lot of things, a, a lot of the time when you ask somebody to tell the chronological story about how they came down with something or how they developed a certain disorder, it's a permanent disorder, right? I mean, as for my depression, it's never going to go away um, and I know that. But with the child gratification disorder, child gratification disorder and that's kind of what I have to stress the most it's child gratification disorder so I don't does, have this anymore does that mean that there's um and this may be a dumb question but does that mean that there's no such thing as um what Jeremy like has? adolescent chi- gratification disorder or I or, mean or, it's experimentation or, I think I mean I have no personal knowledge of any other type of gratification okay. disorder Perfect. but I'm assuming that it's not limited so, to child So when I was disorder. young uh, my parents said Brian I, we, we had this memory of you when you were 2 years old you were oh, tying up your skates in the backyard what did your parents tell you <laughs> <laughs> Oh sweet Michaela Okay let you know, me start just... from the beginning <laughs> So you're a pretty happy child. Eh? I was a very, very happy child. Very. Tell us about it. So, so, um, so it all started. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I had a babysitter when I was younger before I went to preschool. So like probably around the age I went to preschool, I went to preschool a little bit early. So I think it was about around the age, like two and a half, three that my mom was like, maybe she's ready for kindergarten. Like, maybe I can, like, kind of stick her in there. What was her giveaway? <laughs> so we lived in a... I'm, I'm really not sure, but she's just... I, I was just talking to her about this the other night. So um, I, was in a, I was in a place where I guess my mom felt that it was kind of appropriate to start, like, kind of putting me in a babysitter to transition me from the phase where... I'm the only child, by the way. So uh, to transition oh, me from the phase where, like... That makes a lot of sense. Oh, come I on. I get it now. I had no one else to play with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Fucking picking up what I'm laying down. I love it. Gotcha. What you throw it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, I'll just kind of jump right into it. So I had one babysitter, um, and it turns out that she was abusing me the entire time. Um, oh. This was physical and emotional abuse. And I mean, to a two-year-old, uh, not that I remember a lot of it, but the thing is that a lot of residual effects stay with you after that, right? You develop a lot of habits that grow with you rather than, you know, remembering specific memories of what this, you know, babysitter did to me. I've developed habits that go along with that. So, I mean, for instance, I was afraid to sit on the toilet for a long time because it turns oh. out she would actually, if I, you know, you know, peed my diaper, she would actually stick me in the toilet. Like, she would make me sit and stand oh. in the toilet, oh. right? Which, I mean, what is a pretty horrifying. fucking bitch. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'll say about like, that right now. If I never see her again, it'll be too soon. Yeah. And I don't hate anybody, but... Um, 
Just yeah, why, so, why? Why wouldn't she just put you in the bathtub? But her, like, that's such but a maybe logical her. place to put I, you. I don't know. I I don't know. But uh, what my mom told me, you know, and what I believe when I so heard many, it, many is times. Is this something that you're like? Um, I guess I guess your mom found this out. Like your mom was like was yeah. Eventually, was privy to the knowledge that this this. This asshole was yeah. being an asshole. So, I mean, this ties into kind of like the next part of the, chrono- the, sure, the chronology sure, sure, sure. of the whole thing. So, I mean, you know, it turns out this babysitter would stick me in the toilet. If I dropped something on the ground, I went down to pick it up. She would like press my face in the dirt, things like that. She would leave me in the apartment with oh. all the lights off, my diaper on, stuff like that in the dark, crying until I went to sleep. Oh my God. And so, your mom, is your mom like, did she tell you all this stuff like later on? Or like, if, she, as she told found me all out, this or? later on and when I asked. I mean, in fact, I, for, for a fact, I've been asking for a few years, kind of like, just please tell me, because I feel like there's something I'm missing from my childhood. I mean, be- because of all these things, I've lost quite a bit of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, you know, I'm not saying that I, you know, that I believe in kind of like repressed memories, but for certain, like there are quite a few large gaps in my childhood that I just don't remember. Right. And, uh, you know, whether or not that has to do with the fact that I'm only child, so when, you know, not, not that much of it is like that memorable, you know? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you or, made it memorable, though. Tell us more about that. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Moving Brian's on to the next Brian's overly For those of you who don't know, I, I like to move the podcast on, so we, yeah, we, did, this is, we yeah, need to this get to the meat of this right thing. now. Okay. I'm going to move through this next part super fast. So I had babysitter number two. Babysitter number two is the one that told my mom everything babysitter number one did to me. Uh, babysitter wow. number two, she was a fantastic woman. She took great care of me at first, um, and then my mom started to notice that, you know, I was getting a little weird. Like, yeah. uh, so... Turns out, um, mom had no idea what was going on. My mom had no idea. Um, and in the end, uh, what had happened is that a few years later, I ended up kind of, I'd always lived with this kind of memory of this babysitter's daughter. Um, I don't like doing things to me that weren't so appropriate, you know, like playing doctor in the worst way. The good, the good babysitter or the bad babysitter? The good babysitter. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Where are <laughs> yeah, these babysitters awful. coming from? They were not sure. Where are you from? Andy Ganesh. Ah, all right. Well, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're from Andy Ganesh, it's a beautiful spot. It is a beautiful, beautiful town. Um, <laughs> everybody's happy. Okay, did, did, did you? Did your mom ever find a good babysitter? Um, like my cousins, like yeah, later on. Anyway, stick, so stick, stick the family. I think that's the. Uh, Moral of the story. Did anybody here leave their children with a babysitter tonight? No, oh God. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. Hopefully, you Don't should leave. There. That is such right a now. terrible thought to leave <laughs> no, 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 with no, anybody no. who might be You'll in that right okay. now. Okay. So, Hopefully, it was, along. I hope it was a family yeah, member. Please, Michaela. Please, Michaela. Take his job. <laughs> yeah. Moving along. Um, it's. Turns out, uh, you know, this babysitter's daughter sexually abused me, and which was a very strange situation. And a lot of, I mean, even my psychologist when I first told her that she's like, what the "Holy fuck!" Like, yeah. <laughs> so, can I just ask, what age, so what age is this now? You, you've moved on and from this the is shit where babysitter, it gets odd. and you've you've you had the, the the good babysitter, but then the the good babysitter's daughter was also being an asshole. How old are you now? Yeah, so I mean, by now I'm like probably like six. Okay, and here's okay. where it gets weird: the babysitter's daughter is like five. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it what was a like pretty radical called? of her. I mean, what did she have? No fucking clue. No clue. Let's get her on the show. Um, That's fucking but crazy. But I mean, I do want to share the specific memory right that yeah. I don't like to say, like, I don't like to put labels on anybody. I don't like to say, you know, that person's fucked up. I don't say that. But this is the one time, and I am not lying to you. This I, is the one time 
I will tell you that this girl is, I don't know, I hope she's not like this anymore, but at the time, she was fucked. Yeah, I love putting labels on people. That girl was fucked up, let me tell you right now. Uh, You know what, I I just want to add this part in here. Um, We don't, we don't, we don't do this podcast to laugh about illness, and I'm sorry to sorry to make this serious right now. But it's not funny that you went through these experiences. It's great that you're able to laugh and joke about them now, but there is something actually very serious that's going on. Oh, absolutely, in without a doubt. And and yeah. I just want to put that in right right here because yeah. we can't go back and cut it and put it in. A no, we part. can't. And and this there are, and there right definitely now. are people that are in this audience right now that have never heard the show before yeah. and probably are going. What the fuck did we buy tickets for? Why did we come tonight? Why didn't we go to the yoga class yesterday? They have a brunch tomorrow morning. So anyway, so that's enough serious talk. So no, uh, I, I I totally agree with you, and yeah. I just want to say I'm not trying to make a joke out of this. I don't think that this is like truly, truly hilarious. I understand that there's a deeper issue going on here, but the fact is that I've recovered uh, enough now that I'm able to laugh about it, and I just want to spread the education. Just yeah, let people know so, what's going on. And there's something super fucking powerful in that. To be able to step back and go, look, this was super, this this was shitty, and and it had an effect on me, but I can step back and I can look at that, and I can still find humor, no matter how dark and no matter how yeah. fucked up it is, to find humor in it. I I this is me just personally speaking, and I'm not a, not a professional, and I know you fucking two aren't. There is something so therapeutic in that for us, right? And so for you to come out here. And tell us, like, uh, I'm not going to lie, like, probably one of the craziest things I've ever heard on this podcast so far is there's something uh, I, I find that very admirable. And thank you for, for, for being game, for being a part of our little social experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you, that you, like, when you wrote into us and you uh, wanted to be a guest on the show is he said that uh, insomnia was something that came up, like, when you were a kid as a result <laughs> As a result of, of the, the gratification? Yeah, absolutely. So, Can we get into the gratification first, though? I feel like we haven't touched on that. Yeah, and I feel like it's yeah. like super juicy and everybody's like dying to hear about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm dying to get into it, so um, I'm dying to touch on that. You, know I mean? <laughs> you have the best oh, wow. puns. We've been, we've been hanging out yeah, for the last few hours. The pun She's master. got great puns. Yeah. So please, tell us about that. Um, yeah, so the gratification, I started after that. So, I mean, after, you know, babysitter number one, babysitter number two. Um, they, uh, it started after that. And I think, I mean, what my mom told me is that I started, she just started noticing I was like doing like a little dances and I was just like, just kind of like, yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she took me into a child psychologist and uh, what the psychologist did is she kind of examined me, kind of figured out what's going on in my head, tried to talk to me as much as you can coherently talk to like a three, four-year-old and, uh, you know, really figured out that, you know, the fact that it looks like something has been there, you know, Michaela's mom, and she's trying to recreate that feeling. She's, you know, she's used to something being there and she wants to keep it going. So this is not something that, that, like, it's not like your young child self is making this conscious decision to be like, I want to, oh, fuck. I, like I want to, I want to get myself off right now. Like you're just going, your 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 brain, like synapses are just firing, and you're trying to recreate, recreate a feeling, uh, right? Okay. Essentially, that somebody else has created Man, for that's me. So crazy. It is crazy. Um, but uh, I mean, it's wild. But it's you know, that's exactly what was happening. So for a little while, I went to a, a child psychologist for I think probably like about two years. Um, you know, we developed little programs, and I mean, I just remember having this calendar in uh, in my room. 
and a, you know, a calendar with every day of the month. And every day that I didn't masturbate, I would get the treat. Oh, interesting. So you were you were getting gum when you didn't jerk off. Yeah, and I don't know where I was going to go before that, Sorry. honestly. I mean, Jerry's doing the best he can right now. So, I'm trying, I'm trying. Okay, so the insomnia. So the insomnia. Um, what was happening with the insomnia is that, you know, that's why I had the calendar, basically. Um, I would keep myself up at night. It began because I was a premature child. So I was four pounds when I was born. My lungs weren't fully developed. My jaws weren't fully developed. Tell me about it. Yeah, exactly. So um, so I was so small that, you know, they had to keep me in an incubator and whatnot. But when I was home, my parents had to keep a super close eye on me. And since my jaw muscles weren't developed, I had a really hard time eating for, like, a consistent period of time. But I, I would get tired so quickly. So they had to wake me up every hour to make sure that I was fed and I didn't die. Good thing. Uh, so, Good job, parents. Yeah, really though. Great. So what happened then is that I think just the pattern kept going because by the time I got old enough to actually sleep on my own, you know, I still had to be woken up because I was still a really small kid, right? I was a small kid for a long, long time. And uh, they had just had to keep feeding me like every so often. But then eventually I just develop a habit of, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and being hungry. And they'd so be like, okay, was, obviously you're hungry. We'll feed you. Was your insomnia um, related to the child gratification? And here's when you get into it. I mean, the insomnia was just kind of a gradual development of, you know, the way a, I was born. A plethora of things. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure the gratification and, uh, disorder had something to do with it. When the, the gratification just sort of developed, because I need to stress that insomnia, like essentially I was born with it. Like essentially I was born with the insomnia because it was a way of the part, it, it was a part of the way that I developed naturally. Yeah. I wonder how that, I, I like, and none of us can answer this question, but I wonder how that affects you in the long term because I know that you know I know someone very close to me who wasn't sleeping much and you know totally like sent them off into this super like psychotic kind of state and uh, but that was a very brief period of time and Man, I feel like that just really fucks you up. Anyway, I'm I'm derailing. When you don't get enough sleep, it it honestly people don't give themselves enough credit. If you have a bad night's sleep. You need to take the day off. Yeah, and yeah. People don't get it. People think that they're strong and they're powerful for working through it. And people don't get their bodies enough credit. My buddy Mark right now. <laughs> we talked about this. My buddy Mark is like, hey, I'm trying this new thing uh, where I'm only taking four hours uh, oh, a night to sleep. And I'm like, Mark, that's like... <laughs> That's like really unhealthy. And he goes, we'll see. He says that to Jamie and I. We're going, uh, yeah, shouldn't do that. We will see, Mark. We will see. Get back to us in three months. Give it a month. I want to to rein it back in. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. We're... Were you were you ever able to wean yourself off the diddling? Okay, so let's go into this. I love how me saying diddling has now caught on. God, I'm so embarrassed. Better than jerking <laughs> off. So the gratification day. disorder, um, it really it really tied into the insomnia because I started to discover that like I mean obviously insomnia is super fucking boring, right? I'm sitting there. I mean as a little kid, now like I can go on my phone. There wasn't the internet back then. We didn't have cell phones. So I mean all I had to do was stare at the ceiling and kind of like dream of little shapes crawling across my wall because I was so fucking overtired, right? Did you ever get those glow in the dark? Uh, Definitely and- all the time. That's I have awesome. memories of those little like. Little water shapes in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen the episode of Family Guy? 
little what what is it little floaty thing in my eye uh, maybe somebody's seen it okay like <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm so happy thank you so Anybody? much Family for being guy? on board with no, that maybe no? someone though yeah no. No. so child gratification child gratification um insomnia. yeah so i just started jerking off uh well i was awake essentially for as long as or, I keep saying essentially. Essentially, for as yeah. long as I was awake, that's what I would do to keep myself occupied. And so, that made it more of a habit. So, okay, so this is a, and obviously, you know, usually when we record this podcast, we have quite a bit of time to delve into this stuff. We, we're on a bit of a, a time crunch. So, um, you, obviously this has an effect. Absolutely. Right? Like the, the, the gratification disorder, the, the insomnia, that's going to directly affect you as a, as a, as a young adult. Yep. Uh, which you, I mean, you are now. You're what, 20? 21. 21. Um, how does that, how does this start to present itself in, in, the, uh, in anxiety? Like, does this directly tie to your generalized anxiety? And what yeah. does that mean? So, I mean, from the gratification disorder, obviously, I recovered from it slowly but surely. I got there. I stopped, you know, the chronic diddling. And, uh, and I moved oh, on to a point in my oh, life no. where I could sleep through the night. <laughs> I was started. eating healthier. I was, you know, sleeping through the night and I was a healthy child for, for all intents and purposes. So, um, I mean, then kind of I, I started to deal with the anxiety more and I started to experience that more. But the thing is, I mean, even though I'm part of a newer generation that's starting to recognize anxiety and recognize mental illness as, as a really, really important part and a crucial part of all of our lives we need to recognize and pay attention to, nobody realized it back then. Nobody realized that anxiety was a real thing. So, I mean, if I was nervous, my parents would be like, oh, God, stop being so sensitive. And it's not their fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just the way we were. And it's yeah. the way some people still are, right? I, I find I, like, I even throw around the word anxiety pretty easily. Um, I find myself on a day-to-day basis, I get stuck in a routine, I'm rushing from place to place, and I keep saying, oh, I'm so anxious, I'm so anxious. <laughs> but there is, like, a clinical level of, of di- where you can be diagnosed as, be, have, has, as having severe anxiety, right? I, Absolutely. I think that that's where a lot of the stigma... <laughs> yeah. Come, and again, not professional, but I think that's where a lot of the stigma right? comes from, right? It's like, like this is the thing, and, and I was saying this earlier, like, I can feel anxiety, he can feel anxiety, she can feel anxiety, right? Um, but you can't feel CF, yeah, and you can't feel CF unless you have it. I can feel CF, right? So, but because we can, like, have the feeling of anxiety, or we can go through, like, little bouts of sadness or feel depressed... It's it the makes intensity. it this thing of like, well, I felt that. Like, I figured just, it out. We just in, fucking cheer up. It's we the intensity and the, and the length of time that you feel it. So if I, if, yeah. if I feel anxious because I have something that's coming up, like that, speaking in front of 150 people tonight, I felt nervous today. I felt anxious a little bit today. But it, this isn't going to follow me. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh. Yeah, yeah exactly. But anxiety think, is heightened and it's more intense and it's long lasting. Yeah, and I think this is, this is the key component to kind of sprouting kind of like a beginning understanding of anxiety, a general understanding of anxiety, a base. Um, there's a difference between anxiety and feeling anxious. There is a core yeah. difference between uh-huh. feeling an emotion and feeling an emotion chronically. So, and okay, so what is, is that feel, is the difference the fact that, um, like, like if there's a, if there's a situation that presents itself, like for example, today yep. being on stage and talking about this, and that makes you feel anxious, is it something that like like things trigger anxiety, or is it that you 
constantly have this sort of like cloud hovering over you where it's like, oh God, I feel... So, I mean, my cloud, I think the other thing is that mental illness is so subjective. It is wildly subjective, like extraordinarily. Which we have to keep reminding ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it means something different to everybody else. So I really can't stress enough that for me, the anxiety can be triggered by a few, you know, specific things, you know, my, and the friends and family that are closest to me know what specific things not to mention. And I mean, what are those things? Because you don't, I mean, fuck, you do not look anxious right now at all. You are, you are totally leading this conversation. Like, (laughs) The three of us are a mess, and you're like, guys, let me just come back to the chronological order, okay? (laughs) So, what is it that makes you, like, what are your triggers? So, I mean, if you don't mind me kind of dragging on again, to rein it back in, Jeremy. (laughs) Please do. Keep going, rein it back in. Yeah, you're doing great. As the new leader of Sick Boy. uh, So, I mean, so I started to notice the anxiety kind of when I got into grade school, when I got into elementary school. Right. And that's kind of when the uh, the gratification disorder kind of started to like creep back in and come back out. And that was kind of like my weaning off period. When I was actually in grade school, I was still doing this. I was still having, you know, weeks where I would do it every day in class. In so did you, know, did you know that that was not normal? I knew that it was wrong is the thing. I knew that it was wrong. I didn't know if anybody else was doing it. I didn't exactly know what I was doing at the time because, again, my parents never really explained it to me because, I mean, how do you explain to a kid, like, you are having an orgasm, you're eight. Like, that's not appropriate, obviously. But, so, I mean, what happened is that I was doing this in grade school, and I really need to tell this part. So, uh, so I mean, what happened is that I, need, I don't need people to know. I don't want people to think that, like, I was, like, sitting there with my legs open like a porn star, like a <laughs> child porn actor. Yeah, like, yeah. And I know that's dirty, porn, but child still porn laugh. Actor. It's funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> because I wasn't. Um, like, I mean... To give you a really, really explicit picture, it was all clitoral stimulation. So I was crossing my legs. Nobody could tell the difference except for me. And I mean, God, like when, you know, if it would get really intense, I might like grip onto the side of my desk and be like, what the fuck is wrong with that kid? You know, (laughs) you know, your teacher was sitting there going, oh, definitely, definitely. The desk, the desk just cracks. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> God, this is so not but I okay. Mean, to me, it was. Oh, to me, it was. That was. Um, sorry, that was a materialization of my anxiety, and that was how it oh. came out. So this ties back into the anxiety, right? Yeah. So were you this anxious that you were going to get it. caught? I was anxious about everything. I had really bad anxiety issues, and I think that stemmed from the abuse that I experienced when I was younger. And I mean, that's how you, you, and you, that's have, how you deal did, with it. Did you have teachers like, like? Not, I mean, fuck. I, I would hope that they wouldn't. But like, did you have teachers sort of call you out on it, or or no, no nothing? So like I would that. never have a teacher like call me out in classroom, like Kayla, stop fucking masturbating. Yeah, but <laughs> well, what I meant was but, more like to the no, side, be like, my okay, parents. What's going I mean, on? obviously, obviously, this is an issue that needs to be addressed. It's just, you know, it's just like a kid with you know Aspergers, or I mean, you know. Teachers need to know these things. You yeah. know, if my kid is gripping onto the desk and turning red, she looks like she might pass out. I mean, you can either leave her alone if you want to leave her be, but let me just like give her a little tap on the shoulder. So your parents, Shut the fuck up, stop, your, your parents told them. Your parents were like, definitely. Okay, and okay. and I wish that I had been present for that conversation because I think it would have been hilarious. Would have been per, pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, essentially, yeah. So I just have the teachers watching out for me, and if they caught me doing it, they just like tap me on the shoulder and be like, "Doing okay?" And I'd be like, "Fuck." Uh, whoa. So you ruined it. Okay, so so then you were feeling. So, the, then where did the depression come in? Okay, so the anxiety stemmed. I mean, obviously, eventually the child the child gratification disorder was completely gone. You know, I dealt with it, and I realized that I was just a nervous kid. I accepted that I was just a nervous person. And At I, what age? Uh, this was probably the time I was like seven, eight. 
Yeah, it's like seven. And so it kind of so much fe- it kind of just fell off. Like you, it did. You, it did. It, it slowly went away. There was no. Oh, right. Okay. So and like I think the urge to to like stimulate or anything like that kind of left. The urge didn't go away. Um, I mean, I guess it's like because like any one of us, if if any one of us starts thinking about sex, we're gonna kind of think about it like, fuck, that'd be great right now. <laughs> but, right. But it's but not. Yeah. But you you but you don't just start humping the chair at exactly. Neptune. Exactly. I mean, and it's everyone not, around you be like, we're at the show. The urge wasn't <laughs> insatiable it. anymore. You know, the oh urge wasn't the urge wasn't like. I couldn't, I could rein it in. You, I could yeah, be like, right, okay, sure. this is wrong. Let's take a step back and act like the other kids. So, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, after that, I, I just kind of accepted that I was a nervous kid and I was a really sensitive kid. And I mean, between this, you know, there was a lot of issues going on with my parents. My parents had a bad divorce. So I kind of focused on them more than myself. And I think that's where I kind of lost myself, right? So that's kind of where that big gaps comes in too because I didn't really learn about myself in that period. I just knew that I wasn't masturbating anymore, which was a, definitely a positive. Good and job. That, you know, thanks, thanks. So, uh, you know, that I was just going through school and I was in nervous kid but I was normal like I was essentially just like any other child sure um I was just like any other child but I was just you know I had anxiety I just didn't know it and uh when I got to university it's where everything really really changed I in the last four years have been the most impactful years of my life and would you say uh, the beginning of university would have been where depression like clinical depression started yeah tell us more I mean you know what I would actually like to know is is Let's go to because we have uh, we have ten minutes. Jesus Christ! No, right? It flies. So by. let's do this. When did you tell me about when you were? Because you say clinical depression. Yes. So how was it that you came to know that you are okay? You are clinically diagnosed now with depression. Okay, I'm gonna go rapid fire here. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. So first year, hung out with some best friends, met this girl. She seemed fantastic, like best friends forever. Uh, got to know her really well, and I started to notice, like, some of my friends started to notice, too, like, this girl's really fucking dramatic, Michaela. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you friends with this person? She's really toxic. And I was like, whatever. Like, I just want to fix everybody. I can fix her. I can help her. This um, sounds like the plot line to Clueless, but go ahead. Right? <laughs> I was going to so, say Mean Girls. Uh, mean Girls, yeah. It's turns out um, she had lied about everything in her entire life. Oh. I went nuts one night. And I am not joking when I say I went nuts. And my friends in the audience roaring right now because she knows she was with me the whole time. I know about one of those situations. And uh, yeah, and I listened to the podcast yeah. too and I was like, fuck, he let's knows. Not, let's not talk about that. No, no, no. <laughs> Move okay, so, keep so, going, so. keep going. No. So this girl, um, she seemed great. She told me all these really, really traumatic stories about her life. And I, I was at the point in my life where I just felt like I really could connect to somebody on this deeper level and I really had so much sympathy for another person. I had never felt worse for a person. You know, I just wanted to hug her all the time. And were you like... Is this that type of situation where you feel like you're you're also relating to that person in no. a really oh no uh, this was you know Good. her story was, your, was way what was up your my draw alley. to this girl yeah. I didn't have what? any draw to her I wanted to make friends my parents told me to make smart friends in university. Uh. Because you know, it's, it's strategic. It's smart. Um, so she looked smart. She was well-dressed. And I was like, let's try this one out. Turns out, you know, we made best, we were best friends. Anyway, she told me a traumatic story. Everybody in her life had died of cancer. People committed suicide. She had cancer. Like everything, blah, 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 blah. And that was all mm. I uh, called her out on it one night because I saw, you know, that people were alive. Things were lining up. People yeah. were alive that I had like believed were dead. Does she know um, Facebook is a thing? Ah, no, apparently not. <laughs> I called her out on it. Um, me and one of my really good friends, my, oh my God, I love her so much. We, uh, 
we went to her room, her dorm room. We're like, we know Blank's alive. And she goes, no, 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 no. You have to understand. Long story short, she comes with the story that uh, her, like, stand-in father was an assassin living in Dubai. And oh. they had been communicating with her from a wireless uh, cafe that in Dubai for, like, months. Everything. And that's why they had to tell her and to tell her... Tell her to tell all her friends that everybody had died. Yeah, well, I mean, if you, you, this is the thing, though, is if you, if an assassin is a part of your life, you can't live a normal life. Yeah, I understand. Goes, okay. oh, I, I, I feel what she's, what she's like. Oh, right. but I think you, you can you see, you can see, uh, yeah. you know, the fact that she said that really fucked me up. Because you have to pick in mind, this happened for like six months. She was like, I had been living vicariously through this. Wait a minute. For like wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does she? Is she not related to an assassin? <laughs> Oh dear, no, dear, no. Lied about this? dear! I meant she was, me- I, I meant she was metaphorically dead. You, did, you misunderstood me. No, anyway, you know, it really fucked me up. That's when I got into the bout of depression, and that's when I continued. I, I started seeing my psychologist essentially, and she said, like almost within the first couple of sessions, she's like, "You need to understand that you have generalized anxiety yeah. and clinical depression, and you need to work through this, yeah. or you are going to literally die." It's crazy it how it how bad. intense. Um, I mean, especially if you're if you're piling like lie upon lie upon lie upon lie, like yeah. lot like those types of like our words are very powerful, right? And and fuck, especially like someone in in her case where she she was obviously dealing with something borderline personality disorder. There you go. And so <laughs> you know it, it's I don't know it's it, I I was reading a quote today in yoga. Do you remember the quote? What was the quote? You were in the class. You. Oh, there was a different quote. Never mind. Uh, there was a quote about essentially how our words hold the Forget that. Was, uh, it the, was it the one that I have uh, written on my wall? <laughs> yeah, it seems like a quote. Diamonds are diamonds are made under pressure. Essentially, yeah, it was, was it was about how how powerful words are and like yep. word like lies like that can seriously fuck someone up. You know. And and I feel like you and I kind of connect on the sense that we're both very empathetic people. You know, I'm absolutely. I'm I consider myself to be an empath. I take on other people's emotions as my own, and I feel very, very consciously and deeply. You know, I feel the same emotions that other people feel. If somebody yeah. tells me that they're sad, I'm immediately sad for them and with them, and I want to help them grieve through that. So, was the depression a, a, a result of your relationship with this with it this girl? Was, well, I mean, it was always there. I've always had depression. I yeah. need to, you know, it's always been a chemical imbalance on my brain. But I don't think that I quite tapped into that until something as fucked up as that bitch happened to me. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I tried Labels. to fix her for a couple of years. <laughs> I tried to fix her for a couple of years. I uh, chased after her for a couple of years. I called her family. I went fucking nuts. I was a Facebook detective. Uh, and, uh, you know, I ended up actually spending a week with her this summer. And it was one of the most enlightening and horrifying weeks of my life. I saw the real person the behind real whatever facade. Did you meet, did you meet her, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the assassin? I stayed with her family. I, uh, I, met, I didn't meet the so-called assassin because um, when I was Facebook detective... I had actually contacted the Facebook assassin himself. Dude, you can't fucking do that. That's and, how you get uh, killed. <laughs> and told him that this girl was spreading lies about him. And I'm pretty sure they sued her. Yeah, I don't want to. He, he assassinated her, and that was the end of that yeah, story. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to defend this girl, but I mean, like living with bipolar uh, or uh, borderline. borderline personality yeah, disorder. Yeah. That's something for any, you guys would have no idea of this, but we had. 
Michaela, you, you, we called you a few days ago to, yep. to be our guest on the show and our, our original guest for a bunch of reasons, and we'll have her on the show another time. Yeah. She had uh, borderline personality disorder, and I, like, there's a lot surrounding that that we don't understand at all Absolutely. as to why someone can be driven to, and, and to do something to, like that to call this girl a bitch i'm, <clears throat> I'm just saying that because it's the way she made me feel it made me yeah. feel betrayed and made me feel hurt but her experience in her illness was Absolutely. directly related to your experience i have her. so much sympathy for yeah. her and i really hope the best for her yeah. i understand you know i have a deep understanding of mental illness and as a general topic and i feel like you know as much as she hurt me i know that borderline personality disorder is one of the you know, the, the most broad p- mental disorders you can have, right? Yeah. It, it encompasses so much, and, and that's also tough about it. You can't really truly understand it. So she's not a bitch, but she made me feel like she was a bitch. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, so that what, I'm, what I'm curious to know about right now is it is, it is the year 2016, <laughs> um, and you are sitting here in front of a, a very large audience talking about your experience with ch- uh, child gratification disorder, generalized anxiety, depression, where are you at now? How, like, how are you? How are you, Michaela? I live my day-to-day life. I constantly reflect on everything I've been through, and I am constantly grateful for every experience that I've had, bad or good. I feel like everything that I've been through helps me to become the person that I am. As cliche as that sounds, it's so true. And uh, I just want to spread the education on, and I want to let everybody know that, like, you're not alone. Like, there are always yeah. people to help you out, and. And if you ever see a person that's in need, just, you know, the, the most simple question you can ask somebody is, what do you need how did, right And how did you get to that mindset? Like, what was there <laughs> so with the, by seeing the psychologist? Tell us more by about that. By seeing the psychologist, uh, being a part of, you know, the residence assistant program at Mount St. Vincent University really, really helped me along. It, uh, you know, as much of a bad time as it was in my life, I was pretty low and I was, it was a point in self-discovery where I wasn't really sure who I was or, you know, whether I even wanted <laughs> to be on this earth. But, uh but it really made me realize a lot of things. And through the training that we got while we were there, it, I have so much compassion that I didn't have before. Did you say you had uh, mental health first aid? I do. I do. I'm certified mental health first yeah, aid. What the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, tell us about that. So I know how to give someone CPR. So what? I don't health- know how to. It, like, is this like talking someone off a ledge? Um, I mean, I guess you Brain potentially could, Are you a what? hostage negotiator? Yeah, I guess that's... <laughs> yes. Are they the same thing? Um, in a, in actually, a 15 no, or an hour class? I was hiding this until now, university. but I'm actually in a sense. Yo, fuck. <laughs> I knew it. So, um, no, I'm trained in mental health first aid. So what that means is that if I saw somebody, I am able... You know, if I saw somebody... You know, sometimes you see somebody like, they look fucking sad today. Um... I'd be able to identify how they were feeling just kind of like as a, you know, I could be like, you don't look so well. And I could go up to them. I'm capable of going up to them and asking them what they need. And I feel like I'm capable of keeping them calm and keeping them at a generally good emotional level until proper help can arrive. You know what I mean? You can. Oh shit. So like, like actually not even like I was kind of joking about the jumping off the ledge thing and it was kind of, I felt like that was a bit of an insensitive thing to say, but you're kind of actually Essentially, kind I'm of capable that? of doing that. That's not, you know, it's not like my duty yeah, to not, do if yeah, I sure, somebody sure, sure. sees me going through something, but I can, I can step in and, wow. and I feel capable to step in and say, what do you need right now? What can I do for you? And I know the right way to approach somebody who's going through a difficult situation, you know, be it, you know, an anxiety attack or about a depression. Um, one quick question. Is that yeah. something that anybody can train for? It is. It is. Sweet, yeah. uh, it's very. It's a very expensive program. I actually oh. got it through my residence assistant training, but I highly recommend it if you can afford it. Do Sweet. It. 
Is there anything that you would uh, you'd like to say? I feel like you kind of already did this, but anything you would like to say to anyone out there who, uh, you know, whether it's a parent dealing with a child with child gratification disorder or someone who's going through generalized anxiety or, or clinical depression? Just talk to someone. Talk to, you know, start talking to your friends and then move up to a psychologist. It doesn't matter how much it costs you. It doesn't matter how much. And, and I know that that's a very, you know, selfish thing to say, but... If you feel like you're capable of talking to somebody, anybody, do it. Yeah, do just it. get the it discussion will change your life. going. It will completely change your life. Yeah, and you know that's that's something that we're trying to do with with this podcast to show people that it's okay to talk about yeah. things like this, and that you know they they don't have to worry and 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 be afraid to to speak to someone. Yeah, yeah. and like we always say, it's it's for everybody on both sides of the conversation it's about the people who are going through something that they can feel comfortable that they can talk about it and it's for the people who aren't going through something like that whether it be physical or mental illness that they can feel comfortable having a conversation with somebody who is who is sick and uh, and that they can that they can help them or just be a be a set of ears for for somebody well uh this was the most like jam-packed episode crammed into such a short period of time i feel like uh i feel like we could uh keep the conversation going for quite a long time and maybe we'll have an opportunity to do that at at the studio um but uh this is our time michaela thank you so so much for coming in and thank you and being so open to sharing your your story and uh Thank you to everybody who came out and uh, and 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 then sat here and and uh, put up with <laughs> with our very inappropriate humor. Uh, this is hopefully one uh, just the first of many uh, live shows that we'll be able to do, and uh, I would really hope to see some familiar faces back out at our second, third, and however many other shows we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're listening at home, thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, give it away, boys. Uh, don't forget to go to iTunes. Yeah, rate, yeah. Review, and subscribe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, review, subscribe. It means a lot to us. Facebook, oh Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> anyway, we no, say it all the time. Plugging. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. Thank you, guys. Well, folks, there you have it. That was our very first live show. I'm sure it's the first of many to come. Uh, boys, would you agree on that? Yeah, in I fact, if, if you want us to come to your city, uh, go to our website, reach out to us, send us a message. We would love to come and... Uh, pack the house. Pack the house <laughs> yeah, for Pack you guys. the house wherever you live. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, we absolutely love each and every one of you. Uh, see you next week. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.